I hate Halloween. Why do you hate Halloween? Because I'm scared of a lot of things. <laughs> okay. Like legit the zombie apocalypse is, I'm not shitting you, it's my biggest fear. You know what the zombie apocalypse really is? What? Slavery. Maybe that's why it's my biggest fear. <laughs> I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. And this is the, the Mixed, Mixed Feelings, Feelings Podcast. So today, we're talking about kind of like Halloween stuff, I think really is like what encompasses all of it. Spooky season. Yeah. This is my favorite time of year. Mm. It's only my favorite time of the year because it's my birthday, but I'm serious. I actually don't like Halloween. Shout out to Scorpio season. Shout out. Even though I'm a Gemini. I don't really know what that means for us. So this week we're talking about spooky season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> First let's start talking about like zombies. I think that there's a really fascinating history that goes along with zombies that we should probably let the world know. Yeah, especially because now we're finally old enough to go to the zombie pub crawl. Ugh. First year and what do you know didn't go. <laughs> it's too expensive. I don't have money for that. I saw a lot of zombies walking around last night though. That would terrify me. I mean... I mean, I knew they weren't actually zombies, Kaya. See, that's why I get so scared of things, because my brain has a hard time distinguishing, like... What's real and what's not? Right. You should probably see help. Yeah, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's funny, because when people get really drunk, they do kind of walk around like zombies. Like, their eyes are glazed <laughs> over, and they're just, like... Balance is uh... up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start this off with a quote by Zora Neale Hurston. So... Back in the day, she was writing a book called Tell My Horse, and in that book, she needed to do some research on Haitian culture, um, and she came up with a definition for zombies mm-hmm. based on that research. She says, a zombie is supposed to be the living dead, people who die and are resurrected, but without their souls. They can take orders, and they're supposed to never be tired and to do what the master says. That sounds a lot like slavery, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, but I don't think people will be convinced if we just leave it at that. Like, why should they just believe Zora Neale Hurston's quote? Well, honestly, I think people discredit black people's experiences very quickly. So you're right. We're going to have to justify it a little bit more. We're going to have to dig for the evidence, but you know what? We're prepared for it. We're ready for it. So let's break apart her quote. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. She says that a zombie is supposed to be the living dead. And I think that says a lot because then it's also saying that zombies are dehumanized, that they are without their souls. Yeah, that's another part that we should talk about. Without their souls, it means that they don't have desires, they don't Mm -hmm. have dreams, they um, are just here to serve. Yeah, and they're subject to whatever kind of treatment. Mm -hmm. And they can take orders, right? Like, they are obedient, they don't uprise, they don't, like I said, they don't have their own desires, so why would they? Right. They're never tired, so they're constantly going and they don't get a break. They don't get a stop. And that reminds me of stereotypes about black men specifically, about how they're just, like, super strong physically and mm-hmm. how they, you know, are, like, these naturally born athletes that can just do everything that has to do with strength. Right, right. And, of course, the most powerful line of the entire quote is that zombies do what the master says. Mm-hmm. So, Neil Hurston, you pretty much nailed this one on the head. Yeah, really. And I think that that goes into 
how zombies are perceived today, right? With the zombie pub crawl, The Walking Dead, even the World War Z movie. Kaya, you already know. People are going to give you shit for that. What do you mean? Like, you're you're basically comparing slaves to zombies. People are going to be like, it's not that deep. Mm. But you know it's always that deep with us. <laughs> it is at this point, right? Zombies now are portrayed as apolitical. Like, it's just a costume. There's no meaning to it. But I think it's important to recognize that there is a history, and it is a part of black history um, and the transatlantic slave trade history, right? Yes, so yes. if you remove these mm-hmm. parts of history all the time, you are erasing blackness. Yep. So you can be a zombie for Halloween. Just know what that means and the weight that that carries and how black culture is everywhere. And people try to deny that all the time. And they try to erase it, but that's um, that's what we're here for. <laughs> Remind y'all. Reminders. Wake up. Welcome to a night of total terror. (laughs) Night of the living dead. The dead. So let's talk about when zombies first came into mainstream pop culture thought. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's Night of the Living Dead, 1968. That's a long time ago. Yeah, it is a long time ago. And since then, I think zombies have been commodified and they've kind of transformed. But the basic idea of a zombie, the stereotypical zombie we see today, I think it started with Night of the Living Dead. It's a little interesting, too, because the protagonist is a black man, right? Yeah, during 1968. Yeah. Surrounded by a whole bunch of white people in this movie. And we're going to spoil it in case you haven't seen Night of the Living Dead, but it basically ends with um, an all-white zombie fighting posse, and they're shooting down zombies one by one, and the black character who is the protagonist, he is not a zombie. He gets shot and killed. By the police. By the police. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting to see how quickly they decided that he was a zombie. It was, what, like two seconds? Yeah, yeah. And what, I think the words were, shoot him right between the eyes. Yeah. And then the movie ends. It's like roll credits. And he's just lying there dead on the floor. And they um, drag his body away to burn him because they thought he was a zombie. Isn't that just interesting? Because if if we're arguing that zombies are like a racialized thing, right? And like they are based off of slaves. Mm-hmm. He was mistaken for a slave. And he was so dehumanized. I think it just shows how um, black people are perceived so quickly to be less than. And I would also like to provide a disclaimer to our listeners. I don't think that the directors intended for it to have this racially powerful meaning. But we look at it with that. (laughs) Yeah, but I mean, that doesn't, you know, it still doesn't change the way that we see it and the way that we receive that message because... It does say something that you casted a black man in 1968 as a protagonist in a horror film. And then he dies. The black men always die in the movies. So let's bring this all the way back to Haiti Mm -hmm. and kind of break down some of the colonial and slave history that happened there because I think that's really significant to understanding zombies today. Right, right. So Haiti is located right next to the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean. And they have a really interesting history of their independence. Yeah, so the transatlantic slave trade um, brought slaves from West Africa to the Americas, including the Caribbean, including Haiti. Um, And 
During this time, Spain had tried to colonize Haiti, and they failed. So then the French came, like they do, and they tried to colonize Haiti as well. And at this time, as this is going on, thousands, hundreds of thousands of slaves from Africa are being brought to Haiti for sugar. For sugar, yeah. And in Haiti specifically, it was some of the harshest treatments and punishments to black people, um, which I think is really significant. Because I think it shows that when you are pushed so hard and treated so shitty that you have the power to uprise. And that's exactly what Haitians did. Yeah, they had, they have uh, the one successful slave rebellion in history. And this is, I think it's amazing because it happened in the late 1700s. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty incredible that it was so long ago and they rebelled against the French and they won. Uh, So something that's also significant to the history of zombies in Haiti is the incorporation of voodoo. Um, So because of voodoo, there's a sorcerer or a bokor, I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but they can cast spells onto people that basically make them lifeless or brings them back to life but without their soul, and then they can control them. That is the original zombie, Mm -hmm. um, is that spell that is put on people. Right, right. And it also goes back to during that same time when the slave masters and all the other white people were looking at black people like they were zombies and just walking around without souls. They treated them like they still do, treated them like they were less than human. And that's why it gets back to today and how we see zombies in mainstream culture. You know what else is in mainstream culture that's like kind of spooky? What else? Witches. Witches. Can we talk about witches for just a minute? Yeah. Well, I think people are pretty familiar with how um, women were dehumanized and uh, persecuted as witches. Um, I mean, maybe. Maybe they're not. Right. Like, I think people know about the Salem witch trials, but are they looking at it in a way that it's like, that was state-sanctioned violence that was highly gendered towards Mm -hmm. women and it wasn't because these women were out like with pointy witch hats and broomsticks and they were like casting spells overtly on people yeah it was just that they were different yeah they were different they were single it was used as a form of social control which is what it really was was to make everybody your neighbors the people across the street people in your church um vigilant of anybody that was doing anything outside of the norm and if that was you then you were cast as a witch, and then you were tortured and killed. Not to say that witches aren't real, because they are. Right, they are. Um, but I think that what the the issue is, is because of that social control, uh, witchcraft was associated with evilness and diabolical plots against men and people in power. But in reality, I think witchcraft is more so about like healing. Right, and it wasn't just those people that were practicing witchcraft that were persecuted. It was really anybody that was doing anything that the community didn't want around. So let's bring that to today. Mm-hmm. Um, have you heard about the witch kit that was being sold at Sephora? No, I hadn't heard about it. What's up? So basically Sephora was selling a witch kit for like $46, and it included some fragrances, some tarot cards, and some sage. Um, and that was highly offensive to people who actually practice witchcraft or who participate in the religion Wicca. So, I don't know. What do you think about that, Kaya? I'm not surprised, honestly, because 
cultures have been commodified, particularly any culture that's not white culture, has been commodified and sold. And now here it is in a tight little package that's all cutesy and pink and being sold for an absurd amount of money. Uh, And it's not even, like, genuine stuff, you know? Yeah. And it's appropriating um, witchcraft as well as um, the indigenous cultures by adding that sage in there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there was a lot of backlash from, like, Native and indigenous people who were like, why can't you support us and support local businesses that are doing this? Which is a great point, because if you're actually interested in witchcraft or um, just, you know, sage burning, things like that, you should go to the source. You shouldn't... Girl, don't walk into Sephora. You should not get your witchcraft materials the same place that you buy your foundation. It just doesn't... It doesn't add up. So that brings us to our last point, which is... What you're going to be for Halloween. Mm, yeah, what are you? Well, we're going to start out with what you're not going to be for Halloween. Nope. Shut it down. So you're not going to be an Indian princess. You're not going to be a taco machine-making person with a sombrero and a poncho. And you're not going to be a geisha in some tacky-looking red, not even real silk dress. (laughs) Right. And you know what's hard, actually, though? Because I was going to be like, boom, black example. But it's kind of tricky. You're just not going to wear blackface. Don't wear blackface. That's. But I I would hope to people that that's obvious now. I would hope so, too. Yeah. We would hope that goes without saying, but that's on the list of disapproved costumes. You're not going as blackface. Yeah, don't do that. Or any culture. Now, this is where me and Kaya might disagree. Can white people go to a Halloween function as Obama? As Barack? Our man, Barack Obama? <sighs> you know, right off the bat, I just want to say, no. Mm, Barack is ours. <laughs> I'm saying go for it. Do your little Barack Obama impression. Yeah, I get that. But then what makes me nervous is if we allow Barack Obama... Then we allow other people, like when Kim Kardashian was Selena last year. That's true. That did, that stirred a pot that a lot of people were not cool with. But also that might just be because she was Kim Kardashian. Right. Because Courtney was Michael Jackson and her, her costume was awesome. Again, Michael Jackson was also white though. Michael Jackson was black. And white. Yeah, but she dressed as the black Michael Jackson. But you know what's weird though is seeing fucking Jessica come to the Halloween party as Beyonce. Like, no. It is I don't want to see you as Beyonce. I also didn't want to see this one girl as Nicki Minaj. Right? With her blonde hair. Also, I just didn't get it. It is weird. <laughs> it is weird. I don't know. It's a fine line. Um, you do have to use your discretion and your respect, but I don't know. That's a weird one. Like, yeah. I saw this little boy on Facebook. He was a little white boy. He wanted to go to his like class Halloween party as Malcolm X, and he put on his nice little suit and some spectacles, and he walked in there with his head high. So cute. I'm not telling him he can't be Malcolm X because he's a little white boy. Like, no, I would never. Right. But just know what you're doing. And the space, again, the space you're taking up and how you're conducting yourself in that costume. And also be aware of what you might be stereotyping in your costume. Mm -hmm. That's what's really important. We don't want you to generalize an entire group of people with your costume, even though that's kind of the point of a costume, right? It's like like a general statement about what you're being. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't need to offend a whole slew of people just because you think you're cute and your tiny little Nicki Minaj costume. Okay, here's a weird one for you, Kaya. Can black people go as Donald Trump? You know, you just look like Kanye West in that MAGA hat. 
<laughs> it wouldn't look like Trump. <laughs> oh, they could try. If they did the wig and everything, I'm for it. If they did the wig, that'd be funny. I'm for it. That'd be ironic, you know. It'd be ironic, but couldn't you say the same thing about a white person going as Obama? No, because I think it's ironic because if a black person is Trump, that's kind of powerful. You know, because Trump's out here hating every person of color. And then here we are like, what's up? Suck on that. I am Trump today. Sounds like a double standard to me. Let's see. But also, people of color can have more of that because we've been pushed down forever. So sorry, Jessica, you can't dress up as Barack Obama. And that's a day that you're just going to have to take out because you don't have privilege on this day. (laughs) That's actually hilarious because, first of all, Jessica is not only dressing up as a black person, but she's also dressing up as a man. And Jessica, I support you. Please go as Barack Obama. I'm for it. (laughs) Sorry, Kaya, but I give Jessica permission. That's a no for me, dog. That's a no. So just know that no matter what you wear, you're going to offend someone. (laughs) No. Try not to. Yeah, no, try not to. But we're living proof that, yeah, you probably still will. I don't offend people in my costumes. No, but I mean, if someone is dressing up as someone that's not their race, there's a good chance that they might offend someone. Right. But use your discretion. Educate yourself. Yeah. And Yasmin and I get more leeway because we are black and white. So we can be... (laughs) (laughs) We can be Obama and Donald Trump (laughs) at the same time. You best believe it. (laughs) That's rich. So that was completely unhelpful. <laughs> but just be mindful. Right. And that's, I guess, back to our whole podcast theory, right? Yeah. Things get messy sometimes. And that's why we've got mixed feelings on it. Yeah, mixed feelings on a whole lot of things. Thanks for listening. Send us your Halloween costumes. Like, let us know, preferably in advance. <laughs> like, if you want us to vet it. But send I'm not vetting anything. I don't <laughs> I care would love enough. to. Send them to Kaya. <laughs> At Kaya Papaya. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Mixed Feelings Podcast. I'm Kaya. And I'm Yasmin. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook at the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Mixed Feels Pod. And support us on patreon.com slash the Mixed Feelings Podcast. Shout out to Chad Anderson for our logo. And Gabe Cox for our music with Bonanza Productions. And thank you to Nithi and Riti Kuta for the photography. Yo, yo. We'll see you next week. Bye.